This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined by our managing editor, Taylor Estes. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm good, Chip. How are you doing? I mean, I'm doing great. We have football to talk about today, which I love. Yeah. We've got uh, 21 summer enrollees at Texas who are beginning summer workouts this week. So we have 21 new players to talk about, Taylor. Yeah. And um, from what I'm hearing, um, all 20 checked in, except for um, James Madison, transfer linebacker, Diamante Tucker Dorsey, who's expected to be in on Wednesday, June 1st of this week. So, um, you know, when you look at these summer enrollees, your attention immediately goes to the six offensive linemen who are arriving, uh, headlined by Devin Campbell, the number one offensive line recruit in 2022, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite Ranking, and Calvin Banks, uh, the top-ranked tackle in the nation in 2022, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite Ranking. So, you know, when you think of the summer enrollees, doesn't your mind immediately go to those those six offensive linemen hoping that at least two of them, maybe the two I just mentioned, the five stars in that group, uh, can have an immediate impact this season? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's the scenario that Texas is in, that, that that is the hope. I mean, ideally, Chip, no, I don't think many people would want the, you know, to be like, oh, two true freshman offensive linemen that have yet to go through a, a college football practice or anything are going to be the guys that like are going to be relied upon. But that's the case. That's the situation for Texas um, this year. And I think that there's no denying that everybody's following the offensive line. And that's kind of weird to say, right? Because I always feel like offensive linemen a lot of times are the faceless bodies that are on the field. They don't get nearly enough credit or a lot of times blame, honestly, for um, what they do on the field. They're just kind of the the big guys out there. And so the fact that Texas is in a situation where, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good situation in a sense that you do have two five stars that you are welcoming to campus this week and that are, you know, potentially viable options to start as true freshmen. I think if you were to ask Kyle Flood, like a lie detector test, if this would be an ideal scenario, he'd probably be like, no. But <laughs> overall, I do think that, you know, with um, just the way that the offensive line class, like, you know, kind of panned out the way 
um, that late, you know, uh, December or I guess early December, but late signing period type of push to get some of these guys like Devin Campbell, like Kelvin Banks, like Cam Williams. I mean, um, it's definitely one of the more hyped offensive line classes, I would say, that I've seen in covering Texas, Chip. And and uh, you got to hope if you're a Texas fan that they live up to that hype, right? Because they're definitely going to be relied upon, I think, uh, in year one. And that's just the way it is right now. <laughs> well, let me uh, let me read you the scouting report for Devin Campbell. All right. Um, average height with good length and broad stout build. This is from our man Gabe Brooks. Um, Awesome recruiting analyst for 24-7. Owns college-ready size and matching field demeanor. I like that. Two-way snaps foster functional athleticism and awareness. Displays impressive movement ability relative to size with mobility to lead the way as a puller and as a devastating second-level blocker. Heavy-handed. Um, great punch. You know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping... Taylor, that uh, the Devin Campbell ends up being what Justin Blaylock was for Texas. Uh, Blaylock, a member of that 2005 national championship team, could play guard, could play tackle, played in the NFL for the Atlanta Falcons. I know that's a lot to live up to, but that's that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, that's when I watch his film and I, you know, read all the scouting reports that's kind of the guy i'm thinking okay maybe this could be justin blaylock and and so there is a lot of excitement and anticipation with these six offensive linemen coming in yeah and uh i mean chip like that that's a huge comparison i mean i you know if there are some younger listeners they probably obviously probably know who justin blaylock is but probably don't remember you know, the type of player that he was. I mean, he was a nasty player out there. And if you talk to him off the field, I'd met Justin Blaylock before. If you talk to him off the field, he wouldn't say more than like five words. And it's just like a big teddy bear. But man, you don't want to, you know, when his motor is on and he's on the field, you don't want to go against him. But that's, I think that's, that's a, a huge potential for a position that Texas has really struggled with for a decade, over a decade now. I mean, my goodness. I mean, you know, when when two of your your um, kind of headliners at offensive line since 2008 were both like underrated three stars or, you know, very lowly rated three star recruits that were the diamond in the roughs, you know, that basically came to Texas because there was a coaching change and they were already committed, you know, to um, other coaches or whatever it may be that that's a that's I think a good scenario that Texas is in a situation where they have one of the top offensive line prospects coming in. Now you just got to see what Texas can do with it. Cause I think, I think the biggest thing chip, when you talk about the offensive line for Texas, um, it's not about I, I, recently, I will say prior to Steve Sarkeesian taking over yet, they, they didn't really make too much of a push. It seemed like almost um, to sign extra bodies at the offensive line. I know they went after some big name guys that they, you know, missed out on um, over the years, like the Brockermeyer twins are the ones I think Texas fans are fresh in their head. But if you think about it, they still did get some guys like the Tyler Johnsons and stuff, but there was no development. I mean, if you look at the offensive line position, it's not just a lack of recruiting 
you know, uh, hits or misses or anything like that. It's a lack of development that has been going on at that position for 10 years plus now. And so, you know, they have the upside of the talent coming in. I trust Gabe Brooks. I trust our 24-7 sports, you know, national recruiting analysts that do put their name on rating these players and ranking them before they come from, you know, move from high school to college. I have full faith in them. I am very intrigued to see what Kyle Flood can do with that type of caliber of offense alignment that, you know, Texas has kind of missed out on um, over the last several years of the last several recruiting cycles. Those top guys in the state of Texas, um, you know, have seemed to go outside of state lines. That's not the case this year. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see what, what Kyle Flood, I think Kyle Flood, I know he had his year one job, obviously, in 2021. I truly feel like the clock starts now for him because he's getting his guys in. He's getting elite talent in. He didn't have that when he took over. Um, and I, I don't blame him a lot, Chip, honestly, for some of the woes on the offensive line last season. I feel like this is a, almost a clean slate for him. And I'm if he can do anything similar to what he was able to do with offensive linemen at Alabama, then look out. Um, but that's still, you know, a ways away, I think. But no doubt this is a big, you know, there, there's a lot of upside. There's a lot of hype following some of these guys. And again, if you're a Texas fan, you just hope they deliver. Well, these are the kinds of offensive linemen that Kyle Flood was coaching at Alabama. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it's interesting that Steve Sarkeesian said, you know, you tend to hit on 50%. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he indicated that if you, include Cole Hudson, the early enrollee offensive lineman, you know, that's seven offensive linemen that three, maybe four will hit and the other three won't. And so you're hoping that at least two of these guys are special. And, yeah. and that's when I look back on that 2002 recruiting class that had Justin Blaylock, Casey Stutter. Blaylock was a five-star. He was the number 18 player in the nation. Devin Campbell, the number 10 player in the nation. But you had Casey Studdard, who was a three-star, who turned out to be a mauler. You had Lyle Senline, who was a three-star, who turned out to be one of the best centers ever to play at Texas and um, a very successful NFL center. Started as a rookie for the Arizona Cardinals in a, in a Super Bowl. And that's what you got to hope that a Cole Hudson or a, a Connor Robertson or Nato Yumizolu uh, Cam Williams with that length. I mean, he's six seven, but his arm, you know, his arm length is over thirty six inches. I mean, it's it's phenomenal the physical uh, tangibles that that this group of offensive linemen have. And you just you're hoping Kyle Flood can work his magic so that it's a higher hit rate than fifty percent in this group. And then they got to follow it up, Taylor. They got to come come right back and make sure you're reading. Um, you know, along at horns247.com and following the State of Recruiting podcast, our guys, Mike Roach and, uh, and Hudson Standish do a great job. And they're, they're you know, documenting all these incredible summer visits that are planned. It's going to be a huge month of June. And, uh, and, you know, some of that includes trying to reel in more blockbuster offensive linemen. Um, Taylor, you know, so we start there and then, you know, we'll stay on offense because the remaining four June enrollees on offense are receivers. You've got freshman Brennan Thompson, you got freshman Savion Red, and then you've got the transfers, Alabama transfer, Ajayi Hall, who's already on campus, 
Um, and Iowa State uh, transfer Tariq Milton, who we talked a lot about last week. We think he's just going to be a, a great insurance policy, maybe more. Um, coming in as a graduate transfer, had two really explosive um, years at Iowa State. Uh, and then the last couple of years, not as, um, you know, explosive. He had some injuries and then, but everyone in Iowa State, and we talked about this, love this guy as a locker room guy, willing to do whatever it takes, can play outside, can play the slot and can, you know, be a good role model for someone like a Jai Hall, who's got all the you know, the measurables you want. He's six foot three. He's got a six, eight wingspan. He runs four, four, um, and was one of the top recruits in the country, but is also a guy who is very confident, isn't afraid to say things that maybe, um, he might want to not say, um, things but we'll that maybe see. will ruffle Nick Saban's feathers. Maybe. <laughs> right. I mean, we yeah. want, you want him to be a good teammate. That's all. Yes. You just want him to be a good teammate. And, um, you know, I wrote about this, um, in, uh, the insider last week about, um, Brennan Marion, that he's really pushing Jordan Whittington to be the leader, the vocal leader of that position group, because, um, Jordan Whittington, no one will mess with Jordan Whittington on the team. You know, he's one of those guys that has everybody's respect. He's a bad man. And. And no one will, you know, <laughs> um, you know, they all respect him. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's interesting. It's going to be a really talented receiver room. Brendan Thompson just ran a, a 10, 200. If he can catch and run routes uh, at a college level, and we'll find that out soon. Uh, watch out. Yeah. I mean, Xavier Worthy was a true freshman. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm very intrigued by Brennan Thompson. And um, and I think another thing with that chip, when he did run in the state um, championship um, high school track meet just a few, well, I guess it was a few weeks ago, right? My The yep. month of May was crazy for me. So I'm like trying to keep my bearings right here. But, um, you know, I, I saw the where when I saw the race that he won there, it was a video that um, that uh, Xavier Worthy put together and there was a group of wide receivers and group of Texas football players that went to this track meet for, you know, a guy that's not even presently currently on the team at the time. I think that says a lot. And I, I I'm curious how much of that, when you talk about Jordan Whittington and how Brendan Marion really wants him to be the, the vocal leader of that group. I mean, I feel like he's been very involved in a lot when you see the public pictures, or at least I'll say this off season, you know, team together, whether it's on Texas football, wherever it is on social media, whatever it may be, Jordan Whittington always seems to be there. And there's always some of the elite players also around him. And the fact that, you know, those guys went to Brandon Thompson's track meet. I mean, my goodness. I mean, I don't know, maybe people like watching track meets, but in May and hot as you know, all get out here. I don't know if I would choose in my free time in the off season to sit and watch a, you know, one guy run in a track meet, but they were there for him. And so, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see how much of that really is, you know, Jordan Whittington taking um, kind of the bull by the horn. I know that's kind of a silly expression to say when you're talking about Texas, but still, it, it, I wonder how much um, that's him doing that based off of what Brendan Marion's wanting from him. And if you did not get a chance to 
read Chip's um, article on Brendan Marion or Tashar Choice. Honestly, both of those were excellent pieces. You know, Chip is uh, very, very good when it comes to telling people's stories, and those are both excellent. But Brendan Marion was the one who was released in the Insider last week. Definitely check it out. You'll learn a lot both about him, but also the philosophies. And you're probably hoping that you see some of those philosophies on the field this season at the receiver position, Chip. Yeah, I mean, Brendan Marion, he's he's a fascinating guy. Um, had to scratch and claw, um, bounced around high schools, uh, didn't you know stay around long enough to to draw um, you know. Well, he he did have recruiting attention, but his transcripts were a mess because of you know personal reasons. He said his mom was in a couple of uh, unhealthy relationships where they had to kind of move to to get her out of a domestic violence situation. She's doing great now, but um, you know his transcript was so bad he had to go to the JUCO route, and he even you know as part of his JUCO experience, he was you know, sleeping on the press box floor. It wasn't, it wasn't glamorous by any means. He was at, uh, um, De Anza college in Northern California. This was bare bones Juco football, but he had such a good season, uh, as a sophomore that he was discovered by Tulsa, by Gus Malzahn, by Mike Norvell, who's now the head coach at Florida state, who was a grad assistant for Gus Malzahn at Tulsa way back then. Uh, and Brendan Marion still holds the the Division One college football record for yards per catch in a season and in a career from his days at Tulsa. So uh, he's played the position. He knows what he's talking about, and he's high energy and doesn't put up with any excuses because that guy's had to overcome all kinds of stuff to get where he is. So um, fascinating guy, and I hope everyone uh, – takes a look at that insider and Taylor that kind of wraps up the, the offensive newcomers uh, on defense. There are eight summer enrollees. Yeah. Chip real quick before, before you move on, just so in case people have not had a chance to read it. When you say that Brennan Marion set those NCAA records for, um, you know, yards per catch and then uh, yards per catch career wise, his yards per catch was 31.9 for the single season record and then career 28.7. So if if he can get that <laughs> anywhere close to that out of his group of players here, look out. Sorry, I didn't I don't want to <laughs> divert away from what you were saying, but I think people need to hear what those records were. <laughs> yeah, and that's why there's that's why they are he still holds those records. Yeah. <laughs> because they are that explosive and, you know, Gus Malzahn uh, Mike Norvell, I interviewed them both for the for that article, and you know they just talked about what a hard worker he was, how tough he was. He wanted the over the middle stuff. You know, he just had a great energy and spirit about him, and very similar to Tashard Choice, who you know started off his career at Oklahoma, um, redshirted in two thousand three when OU went to the national championship game, and then. Oh, along comes Adrian Peterson as a freshman in 2004 and rushes for almost 2,000 yards as a freshman, as a Heisman finalist. Uh, Deshard Choice then transferred to Georgia Tech, played for Chan Gailey, the former Cowboys coach, who who he ended up playing for again when Chan Gailey was the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. So, uh, you know, big time hires by Steve Sarkeesian onto his staff this year in 
uh, Tashar Choice and Brennan Marion. So um, check out those insiders and and get to know those two new assistants because they're fascinating people in addition to being very talented football coaches. And, you know, Brendan Marion, if you've followed his career at all, he, he has his own offense. I mean, he's, he is a highly intelligent guy. He, you know, has this thing he calls the go-go offense that he ran at Howard under Mike London, the former uh, university of Virginia head coach. And, and they, they hold the record for the largest upset by point spread. Um, when they were at Howard together in 2017, they upset UNLV. They were a 45-point underdog, and thanks to Brendan Marion's unconventional go-go offense, which you know uses triple-option running concepts, sometimes you know two running backs to, to either side of the quarterback, in addition to West Coast passing concepts, it gives um, defenses fits, and and so. Uh, check out those insiders because I go into all kinds of detail about it. And I just, I think those guys were big time hires by Steve Sarkeesian in the off season. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were two of the guys that were at the top of his list of who he did want to hire. And after losing season, it's not the easiest thing to get your number one and number number one, I guess, for both guys at a position. Um, yeah, Chip did a great job of that. Um and you definitely want to check out both of those. I think that Texas has some really young, bright type of talent for the future college football on their staff right now. So you hope if you're a Texas fan, it all gets you know put together. But defense, Chip, as you had mentioned a little bit uh, before I cut you off there to talk about the the uh, record there, I, that still remains a question mark. So you want to uh, flip over to that side? Yeah. So uh, you know it was a it was a big time um, offensive line haul with seven and then there were eight defensive linemen a couple of whom um you know justice finkley and uh, jerry bledsoe enrolled early uh, but you're you're getting uh derrick brown the edge rusher uh ethan burke from westlake also an edge rusher and then the guy i'm ooh, can't wait to see him in action jamon tap from uh from Louisiana, guys put together, guys got uh, what it looks like to be a really, really uh, successful edge rusher. And then you've got a couple defensive tackles and Christopher Ross and Zach, Zach Swanson. And then you pick up a couple of linebackers. Now, no one's really excited about Travell Johnson, the three-star, one of the lower-rated players in the 2022 Texas recruiting class. But this guy, you watch his film, he is a he just loves contact. I love how physical this guy is. I think if he can be coached and he's got the ability to pick up the, you know, the concepts that he needs to pick up quickly, I think he's going to be a really good special teams player immediately and and develop into something. And then the most recent transfer uh, Diamante Tucker Dorsey from James Madison, an FCS All-American, a little undersized, but the guy loves football. Another good insurance policy, Taylor, at a position where Texas needs uh, depth. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, say what you will about him not being, you know, a, a Division One All-American. It doesn't matter. At this point, linebacker 
has remained a question of concern for Texas. And it was that way last year. It's this way this year again. Um, and it's not necessarily, obviously, the starters. When you think of, you know, DeMarvin Overshaw and stuff, of course, people are expecting him to continue where he left off last season. But, you you know, you never – you want – you need depth, first of all. You saw last season on defense for Texas as the games wore on, even the games that they were playing well in the first half – and, you know, say it was offense, whatever it is, you know, not staying on the field, they wore out and they didn't have quality depth at some of the key positions, linebacker being one of those. And that still remains the case, you know, entering the season. I feel like, you know, Diamante, um, Tucker Dorsey, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see, you know, how he kind of fills um, a void, if he fills a void from a depth chart perspective. But Steve Sarkeesian has said all along since he's been at Texas, he's not going to just like take guys to take guys. You know, they're they're not just looking to fill roster spots right now. They're looking to fill roster roster spots with guys that they think are viable options that could see the field. And so, you know, it's too early, I think, to question if, if like how their evaluation is going. I feel like if the 2022 signing class is any indication of, you know, how well these these uh, coaches can evaluate and then, you know, recruit type of guys. I think that's a good sign for the future. Um, and I'm very intrigued by him, Chip. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, I did not watch any James Madison football games last year that I can recall. So uh, he kind of comes in as one of those, like, probably extremely under the radar. But I think he has a lot of intrigue, too, that um, it's going to be interesting to kind of see, you know, how Pete Kwiatkowski and how Jeff Choate um, use him, but definitely that position's one they needed a body at, and um, I, I'm I'm intrigued. What I mean, what what's your take on him? I don't, did you watch any James Madison games or anything? I didn't watch any James Madison games, but I did watch the film yeah. of of what I could find on YouTube, and this is no doubt about it a Jeff Choate special. If you'll remember, Jeff Choate was uh, an FCS coach at Montana State before coming to Texas. Um, that decision aided by the the COVID-19 pandemic canceling the, that FCS uh, 2020 season. Um, but Jeff Choate is aware of the top talent in FCS and, you know, clearly identified, uh, you know, Diamante, uh, Tucker Dorsey is a guy who could play at this level. So what an opportunity um, for, you know, Diamante, Tucker Dorsey and, and this is, you know, the good end of the transfer portal. We talk about, hey, student athletes need to have the right to be able to, to go where they want to go. That's great. We know the portal's full of kids who were encouraged to, to leave and are not getting offers. They're not going anywhere. And, and that's, that's the sad end of the transfer portal. The, the happy end is when a kid excels at a certain level of football because he was too small. He was too this, he was too that, and then gets an opportunity at the highest level. And, and so I'm, I'm intrigued by uh Diamante uh, Tucker Dorsey. And I, I can't wait to see what he brings to the table because he's got a short time to figure everything out. He's got to be ready to go uh, in a little, you know, two months when fall camp starts and, He's got to make a really strong impression between now and then on both the the coaches, the strength coaches, the his teammates, and and I'm I'm intrigued.
because we know that that has been a position of need for Texas in the portal for months. And this is the guy that they have selected to come in and help with depth and insurance. So, um, you know, uh, the other two newcomers enroll June summer enrollees are uh, safety Austin Jordan and cornerback Xavion Bryce Taylor. And these are, you know, two of the, you know, players in the 2022 recruiting class who don't do not have the buzz kind of like, you know, I mentioned with Travell Johnson. So, you know, when that's the case, then come in and show everybody, show them what create your own buzz, create your own buzz because Savion Bryce, six foot one, 175 pounds can fly. Love that length. Love that size. Let's see what he brings. And, and then Austin Jordan is, is, you know, he did not get the buzz of the BJ Allen and, um, you know, of a, a, a kid like that. So yeah. let's see Still what Austin two, Jordan can do. Two four seven prospect coming out of high school. Though, who's a four star. Um, yeah. It's actually nationally ranked number 24 seven. So <laughs> he right. was the last of our two, four top two, four, seven rankings. But yeah, you just, you know, when you're in a class with, uh, with, you know, BJ Allen and, and, uh, you know, Jalen Gilbo, uh, Larry Turner Gooden. Yeah. Larry Turner Gooden. Then you talk about those guys went through the spring. Yeah. Terrence Brooks. Then you talk about even Ryan Watts, you know, a transfer going through spring. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And if you listen to our interview with Michael Griffin, he says, Ryan Watts is a safety, Mm -hmm. you know, not, uh, not a corner at six foot three, but we'll, we'll let the Texas coaches decide that. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. I wonder what Michael, cause how tall is Michael Griffin? He's six one. Okay. Cause I wonder what his, I mean, it's, it is kind of interesting or unique to see six foot three, you know, corners. I wonder what his thoughts were when um, Holton Hill and, you know, Devonte Davis and Chris Boyd, if he thought they should be safeties too, or if they should be corner. Cause they were bigger. They were, you know, six, two, six, three type of guys. Um, I'd be curious just to hear if it's a yeah. specific skill set or just he sees those corners and if they're above six foot one, it's like, no, <laughs> go play safety. Well, I think he watched Ryan Watts in the spring game and made that decision. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, okay. And then special teams. Hey, there's a kicker and a scholarship kicker is on the roster now and a scholarship deep snapper. So Lance St. Louis <laughs> as the deep snapper and Will Stone kicker from Austin Regents High School. Uh, if you saw our flagship podcast interview with Cameron Dicker, uh, Dicker, the kicker said he helped recruit Will Stone feels like he's going to be a really good one. So uh, that's exciting because we came out of spring football with no uh, buzz around, and no offense. Look, um, you know the kicking kicking game is not sexy. It's simply about can you make the thirty five yarder, forty five yarder, fifty yarder, and Bert Auburn and and Gabby uh, Lozano are. Well, let's just say they didn't leave a a great impression with Steve Sarkeesian. So that job is wide open for Will Stone to come in and, and win. Yeah. 
I feel like I just thought of this and this is my dorky like dad joke here, but I can't wait for Will Stone to be in a situation where he has like a game winner that he has to kick. I just I'm calling it now. I guarantee the game broadcast will say Stone Cold if he actually hits the game winner. You know it. Stone Cold Will Stone. Stone Cold. <laughs> it's coming at you. <laughs> Trademarked flagship podcast. June there you 1st, go. 2022. <laughs> there you go. Well, hopefully he's worthy of a nickname like that. Yes. Yeah. You hope so. You I mean, remember Dicker so. the kicker proved himself as a true freshman in that 2018 Texas OU Red River shootout when he hit the 40 yarder with nine seconds left to um, give Texas the 48 45 win. So uh seems like more and more. You know, true freshmen are are making an impact, whether it's kicker or heck, I'm watching Texas's golf team right now in the uh semifinals of match play, and they're they're going up against Vanderbilt, who has a freshman who won the individual NCAA golf championship this year. So um hey, these freshmen can come in and get stuff done. Yeah, young guns here. <laughs> young guns. All right, Taylor, you ready for some love it or leave it? I am. Before we get to love it or leave it, we're going to take just a quick break, but stick around because we will have plenty more football talk since football season never ends here on the flagship podcast. So stay tuned. We will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We got to give some love to the Texas rowing team winning back-to-back national championships. And they did it almost in identical fashion to last year where it came down uh, to the final eight, uh, the, you know, the last race of the, uh, of the meet and, and Texas had to finish ahead of Stanford and ahead of Princeton and Washington. And they did, they won it. They won that uh, final eight race. The, the first eight, excuse me, the first eight grand finale. Um, they won it going away convincingly. And so uh, kudos to Dave O'Neill and the Texas rowing team, back-to-back national championships. That's the third national championship for Texas in the 2021-22 school year to go along with the men's indoor track national title and the Texas women's tennis national title won last week. So um, great stuff. And Texas baseball is going to host a regional. They're going to have to play Air Force, a team that absolutely pulverized them 
in a midweek series earlier in the year. Um, Air Force beat them 14 to two, and then Texas had to score two runs in the bottom of the ninth to beat them uh, 12 to 10 uh, the following night. They played a two-game midweek series, and Texas will open the Austin Regional against Air Force on Friday. So um, good stuff there from some of the other sports. Yeah, Chip, where's the – okay, so Texas has three national championships. They won the Director's Cup last year. Do you think they're in the the race again this year? Do you yeah, think they are. They're okay. in the they're in the ballpark. And mm-hmm. uh, and kudos also to Peyton Stearns, the sophomore tennis player who won the individual uh, tennis national championship, first ever for Texas women's tennis. The super sophomore. She'll probably turn pro after leading Texas to back to back national championships in team tennis and then winning the individual NCAA singles title. Um, but yeah, Texas is from my, you know, looking at the last, uh, the, they only update the director's cup after winter sports and Texas was fifth, but they've added those national championships, which are a hundred points, um, in tennis and in rowing since then. So Texas looking like they will definitely be back in the mix to win the, uh, all sports directors cup, um, wow. which again, Stanford had a 25 year lock on that director's cup until Texas broke it last year. So, yeah. And te- let's, I mean, that that's huge too, Chip, because before we get to love, let's talk about this. I mean, th- this is a huge, amazing job by crystal content. I mean, let's be real. The Texas athletic department, it, it was in shambles, like literally in shambles for how, I mean, like in the From 2013 part, until yeah. Del Conte got here in yes. December of 17, and four before, long years. Yeah, and even it, before that, it was just coasting. Yeah. As Mac Brown said, they're mom and popping it, mom and popping it. That's like department that was bringing in like close to 200 million dollars. Mom and popping it. I mean that the what Crystal Del Conte has done since he's gotten to Texas should not go. Ignore. I mean, like, you know, I know that football's not there yet, but look at the overall body of work that he and his team have done. I mean, it's it's crazy. It, it really well, is. You need Vic Schaefer, Vic Schaefer, mm-hmm. Del Conte hire back to back elite eights in women's basketball. Mike White, uh, Del Conte's hire for softball, has them in the women's college world series, and softball had not been in uh, the Women's College World Series since 2014. Um, that was huge. They upset Arkansas, number four Arkansas, in the Fayetteville Super Regional to get to the College World Series. They'll play UCLA uh, this week. And and then Edric Florial, Del Conte's hire for the track coach, wins the Men's Indoor National Championship this year in uh, in March. So. I agree with you, Taylor. I mean, not only has Del Conte built $750 million in new or overseen the construction of $750 million in new facilities that have touched every sport at Texas, including swimming. They got their outdoor pool that Eddie Reese was promised back in 1978 um, when he first took the job. But Football just got the the South End renovation, the new basketball arena, Moody Center, um, which uh, 
and this $60 million practice facility that Chris Beard announced at one of those uh, Texas fight tours <laughs> is going to be called the Tito's Practice Center because uh, Tito Beverage of Tito's Vodka donated $20 million to that cause. So um, Del Conte is getting it done. Yeah, no doubt about it. Excellent work by him for sure. Um, all right, you ready for some okay. of it or leave it? All Let's right. do it. My first one for you is love it or leave it. The summer enrollee on offense you're most excited about is offensive lineman Devon, Devin Campbell, the highest rated 2022 offensive lineman in the country. Um, yes, I'm going to love this. I, I think Devin Campbell is uh, a special player. And I don't, you know, I don't know how big his heart is. I hope it's enormous because that's what Texas needs on that offensive line. They need a bunch of dudes with heart who will just uh, go Justin Blaylock and Casey Stuttered and Lyle Senline on you. Um, and I, I hope Devin Campbell is the second coming of Justin Blaylock. That's the guy that I kind of compare him to. And, and if he turns out like that, Texas coaches knew immediately that Justin Blaylock was a player. And he was a four-year starter, like I said, played in the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons, super smart guy. And um, that's the guy I'm hoping Devin Campbell is is sort of uh, uh, comparable to. And if he is, then Texas has locked in one new starter on the offensive line. He can play tackle. He can play guard. So I'm going to love this, Taylor. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think it's hard not to, right? I mean, like he's the, you know, top rated player that's coming in and at a position that he's probably going to be called upon immediately. I mean, I had sources that I spoke to during spring practice that I trust too in their assessment of the offensive line. It was, there's going to be two freshmen starting on the offensive line. And those two for those two true freshmen are not on campus right now. And so, you know, a process of elimination makes you think that Devin Campbell, maybe even, you know, a, a Kelvin Banks too, like are the guys, I mean, I always butcher his name. I'm so angry. I still have not learned yet, but NATO. Uh, Yumi Azulu. Yumi Azulu. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a number of guys to pick from that. I think that could be quality and um, early contributors for Texas. But yeah, I think it's, it's hard not to go with Devin Campbell. Just, you know, the just the way that whole the whole offensive line class, you know, kind of played out this past um, recruiting cycle. It was intriguing to watch. It was fascinating to watch. And he was really the headliner. So it's really difficult, Chip, I think, for me to pick anybody else of the summer enrollees that are coming onto campus. I would probably say a close second would be Brendan Thompson. Um, but I think I think I'm going to have to. Uh, love this also and say that Devin Campbell gets the slight edge for me over Brendan Thompson. Okay. All right. Love it or leave it number two. Love it or leave it. The newcomer on defense you're most excited about is edge rusher Jamon Tapp, the highest rated defensive player of UT summer enrollees. Um, I am without a doubt going to love this. I think you teased this a little bit earlier that he's your guy. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. This is uh this is a guy I'm really excited about. Um, again, Gabe Brooks, our 24-7 recruiting analyst, great um, you know, scouting report on Jamon Tapp. I'll just read a couple sentences from it, but 
displays disengaging ability thanks to phone booth power and sheer brute strength. Above average pursuit ability relative to size and roll could potentially grow into an interior spot, but reach and two point burst from the edge could put him in space for good as a hybrid defender. And here's the thing I love the most plays basketball, throws the shot put Taylor. Um, you know, this is a guy who, uh, has great feet and we know from Brian Robison way back on that 2005 national championship team, who was a shot put thrower. Those guys have great lower hip flexibility and that allows them to contort their body, still maintain the ability to push a lot of weight, even when they're, um, you know, somewhat compromised by having their body contorted. They just are super strong in, in their, in their hips and their, their lower body. So I can't wait to see what, uh, Jamon Tapp turns into. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm going to have to also agree with you and, and say, you know, I, I love this too. Um, yeah. The other thing too, I, I do think it's important to note that one of his primary recruiter was Pete Kwiatkowski. Um, when the defensive coordinator is your primary recruit, you don't see Pete Kwiatkowski's names on a lot of 24 seven sports, you know, recruit profiles or defense, a lot of defense coordinators in general across, you know, the sport, um, just because they're kind of the, the manager. And then they, you know, divide out the the duties to other people. Same with like offense coordinators can be, I feel like offense coordinators more so a lot of times are primary recruiters, but defense coordinators, at least the last few at Texas usually have not truly been extremely like the primary guys. And he is. And I think that says something. I think it says the two guys that he was primary recruiters for this signing you know, cycle was Justice Finkley and then Jamon Tapp. And so, you know, those were two of the top defensive prospects that Texas had. Those were huge gifts for Texas. And I think you don't want to underestimate what that actually means for what they see of those guys and what, what they envision for them, you know, once they get on campus. And so, um, you know, everything that you, I don't want to regurgitate everything you just said, but yeah, again, like, I think that this guy has a ton of upside. It's going to be really kind of fun, I think, to watch, um, and to see, you hope that he does, you know, develop into, um, an elite edge rusher in Texas needs it too. I mean, you can't, the, the big guys, the, you know, the, uh, with his large here, big humans, that what Sark always calls them. It's not just offense. You need them on defense too. And so if they, you know, if you get some elite guys that, really can be maulers up front on the defensive side of the ball and go after, you know, um, quarterbacks, put pressure on the quarterback, something Texas has not had, did not have it last year very much at all. Um, you know, you hope that a guy like Jamon Tapp can develop into that that type of player and you hope it happens sooner rather than later. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with you again. You know how much I hate agreeing with you on all of these and I have a feeling we might agree on all of these today, but <laughs> I'm going to agree. Well, um, I, you know, I do, I do know how much you hate to agree with me. <laughs> no, right. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> By the way, Jamon Tapp has the same measurables as Joseph Osai. Let's hope he has the same hunger, the same passion for the game and, and the same ability to be a great teammate. Yes. Yeah. Texas could use some more Joseph Osai's on the roster for sure. All right. All right. Three. Love it or leave it. Number three. Love it or leave it, the biggest impact player of the summer enrollees will be an offensive lineman. Oh, my gosh. Texas Longhorn Nation. 
is hoping like crazy that this is a love it uh, situation. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to give Devin Campbell the benefit of the doubt here. The number one um, offensive line recruit in the 2022 class. I, I think 24 seven gets it right uh, way more than they get it wrong in terms of the, uh, the recruiting rankings and the makeup of the kid, the the metal, his want to, his love of the game, and I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna love this because I'm hoping or not expecting, but I think the you know when you when you look at the profile, it adds up to Devin Campbell, and and so I'm gonna say. I, I love this, that I, I do think uh, the biggest impact player of the summer enrollees, the 21, that's a lot of summer enrollees arriving in June, Taylor. But yes, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to say that it'll be an offensive lineman. And I'll even go a little further and say, you know, I'm, I'm thinking it'll be Devin Campbell. Yeah. How about okay. you? I mean, I, I feel like, that's the easy answer. I'm actually, I'm going <laughs> to choose to disagree. Wow. I know, right? Okay. I'm just going to say Will Stone. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> you pray to God he's an impact player, right? If that's your scholarship. That's a good answer. Kicker. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to just, uh, you know, kind of uh, change the the tune here. Yeah, I'm going to go Will Stone. I think that, I, I mean, he has big shoes to fill, no doubt about it. Um, I know people kind of brush off kicking, but you brush off kicking, the kicking game, if the kicking game's doing its job, you don't brush it off when it's not. And Texas has been very fortunate to have a kicker in Cameron Dicker and a punter with him too, honestly. Um, yeah, and Dicker the punter. Yeah, I mean, and that between him and then, you know, before Ryan Bushevsky was injured in, uh, what was that, 2019 that he was in, right? Was that the season he first got injured? He was doing pretty well. And then you, you go back to even Michael Dixon. I mean, it's been a while since Texas has had questions in their kickers, whether it's kickers or punters. And um, and so I, I do think that this is, you know, no no pressure or anything, Willstone. You definitely have some big uh, shoes to fill. And, you know, hearing what Cameron Dicker did say about him um, when we did have him on the flagship podcast earlier this spring, I feel like, you know, Dicker's a unique kid, but I don't think he's going to be sugarcoating or lying or, you know, trying to, uh, pump up a guy that he doesn't truly believe in. So yeah, I'm going to disagree. And I'll say Will Stone, Stone Cold, Will Stone. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Stone Cold, baby. <laughs> I think Taylor's cheering for her nickname. I know, right? <laughs> to prevail. No, but you're right. I mean, based on what we saw in the spring, uh, Will Stone needs to be Stone Cold. Yeah. For this uh, Texas special teams run to continue, uh, Texas has been on a roll for a while. So um, that uh, that's a good answer, Will Stone. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening to our little podcast today. Kind of summarizing the twenty-one summer enrollees, and um, we appreciate you listening. So for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Until next time, we'll see you over at horns247.com. Stay safe and keep the faith.